there's that sound. Ah. Yeah, you know what that means, Alan. It is time. It is time again. Nurses are standing by. For the energy seers of the internet. Uh, well, I what? Guess, I don't know. Well, that's right. It's the energy recon. Recon. We, we must growl. We growl to make it more exciting. It, it does. And it, it works. Man, right? it does. It's big, 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 big week You've in got energy. so much to talk about Particularly today. in the, uh, what is this called here in Houston? It's the energy capital of North America? It is. Uh, and that's where the show comes from. It is uh, the energy recon. And we do the show from the energy capital of the world, Houston, Texas. And, and let me tell you. It's on your podcast. It's on Radio Brave. And wow. Every oil and gas executive on the globe has converged on Houston, Texas this week. Did oh, you know that's that? That's right. That's right. It is Sarah, Sarah Week. Sarah Week, however you want to pronounce it. That is the Cambridge Energy Research Associates, I think is what that stands for. That's like baby OTC. Well, okay. Different. So OTC is more along the lines Drilling of the cash. offshore technology yeah. conference right, is kind of right. what that deal is. Right. CIRA basically brings in oil executives from countries all over the globe. Can't okay. get a seat at the restaurant. Then. Absolutely. And what they do is they're right here in Houston, and they talk about sort of the state of the union of the energy industry all over the world. Boy, if you had and a little microphone, you know, like, oh, yeah. here, let me set those flowers on the table for you there, <laughs> sir. And you just put the flower and you, and then you wait. Well, the, you know, the thing is, is that uh, it, it is, uh, they do allow media. Uh, yeah. in, into these you know meetings and it's a week-long conference wow. and uh it's all everybody you know the big ticket show so to speak right is always the saudi folks they always want to hear from the saudi sure. minister i mean he's you know he's the tom petty of everybody's waiting for to come out on stage you know and <laughs> That's right. and uh, uh so you know but anyway lots of energy related news coming out of the conference already wednesday this week and we we're Man, we're already first week of March is first already week gone of back. March, man. Today, right. today is really March eighth. Well, and it's not only March eighth, but it's international get together and march around town. You don't have any women at work day. Is it is it that it day is. as well? Today is the day. How, so how about that, ladies? Uh, if you're at your desk, you've missed the memo because you're supposed to be out. I think marching, walking around, and saying. Very We're happy. Not, yeah. About something. It's, you know, because We're not sure it's what. always good to be angry about something every once in a while. It's very French. Carrying signs, you know. And, you know. But but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Things, yeah. you know, it ain't so bad. <laughs> it's it's not so bad. You know, really. it's really not. Well, you know, is is there an industry? Certainly media. Yeah. I mean, women run the show and I love it. I think it's a great that way. You know, you do it. I don't have to. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I am. As oh well. man! So, but anyway, you know who we've got? We've actually got some some visitors here on the show oh, today. Oh, that's right. We've got the executives from the Energy Flow Television Network, EFN. EFN. We that like to, we FN like to refer network to rocks. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, what, what did you say? That effing network. Oh, They're well. the best Energy ever. Energy Flow Network, folks. It is, uh, it is the place to go for news and information related to energy in every possible way. Mm, and it's it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. It's going to be global. It's all in one place. Global. It's on your cable systems. Mm-hmm. 
And it's online, too. It's Energy Flow Network. That's right. Energy Flow Network. And it's at uh, EFN News? Energy Flow Network. That is energyflownetwork.com. That's where you can find out more and get some previews. So, So, Pat, we've got an awful lot to talk about today. There's lots of of major things coming down the pike, uh, particularly when it comes to the world of oil, natural gas. Um, You know, you've got, we're even going to be talking about sand today. How about that? As it relates oh, to oil and gas. fracking. fracking Most drilling. people don't even realize that sand is, is actually used in that process. That's sand. It gets into everything. There, it does, but there's a, believe it or not, there's a shortage. There's a shortage of sand going on. <laughs> there's going to be lines. <laughs> people are lined up around the block waiting for their sand. You know, apparently they haven't gone out to Monahan's, Texas to look for their sand. Yeah. Because they got plenty of sand out in Monahan's. I'll have a bucket, please, and two shovels. I mean, sand? <laughs> Actually, okay, most people don't realize this. Monahan's, Texas is out in West Texas, all right? And when Hollywood needs some sort of, like, Sierra a desert or, uh, you know, a type of... Oh, a scene for a movie, oh, sure. You know, straight out of... Uh, Saudi you know, Arabia. Straight out of Saudi Arabia. Shoot go to, it in Monahan's. They go to Monahan's because you have these hills, right. mountains of sand that looks like it's it's coming, you know, straight out of out of Saudi Arabia. It's Isn't amazing. That great? And you don't have to travel as far. But we're going to talk about why is there a shortage of sand? How is it used in the whole process? Um, things that you don't hear about usually. We're going to be bringing it to you and talking about it. Um now, when it comes to power, uh-huh. all right, let's start out with a little bit of power today. Mm-hmm. All right? um, you know, we always talk about natural gas as it's related to electricity prices because, by and large, particularly in Texas and really kind of throughout most of the United States, not necessarily so much out west because they, they really have lots of renewables, a lot of hydro-type power right, and such. right. The biggest concentration of natural gas for power demand and, and for home heating as well is kind of strewn between Texas up into the Midwest, Chicago area, and then really that a whole I-95 corridor all along the Northeast. So when you talk about natural gas-fired power generation, that's, that's the generating stations that Absolutely. run on natural gas. The thing is, is that you always have to remember where the price of natural gas goes, electricity rates will follow, mm. okay? Something very interesting is getting ready to happen. Over, okay, around the springtime, now in the energy business, we call this the shoulder period. Right. Okay? Springtime and in the fall. The reason why this is called the shoulder period is because you don't have any more winter demand. Of course, we haven't really had any winter demand too much to speak of this winter. Zip, zero. But at the same time, you don't really have the onset of summer demand that has happened. It's just those mild, by the way, 65 degrees is what is called uh, energy neutral, right. by the way. Okay. You don't really. It's pleasant weather. You don't really have to t- to run the the AC. You don't have to turn on the heat. It's just nice. Okay, there you go. Open the windows and what else do you need? <laughs> Anyhow, so normally around this time period, you begin to see the U.S. nuclear plants all across the United States. Maintenance time. It huh? is ma- It is oh. exactly maintenance time. Okay. Interestingly enough, check this out. 34 nuclear units are slated uh, to actually close down, shut down, this spring. Now, let me tell you why 
that is so very important. Hmm. We have not seen operators of nuclear plants shut down 34 reactors, all right, in about 17 years. All at okay. one time? They're, well, now, they, they, they are, stagger them. They, they do sort of stagger them, hmm. okay? But the, but the bottom line here is, is that all told, you've got reactors with a capacity of about 36,000 megawatts that are going to be shut down this spring. Now, what happens when these plants go offline for, you know, could be a matter of weeks, could be a couple of months? Ching for natural gas. For natural gas. <laughs> because you have to have the most reliable form of electricity, uh, of, I'm sorry, a fuel equivalent right. to still keep all of those, you know, businesses and homes and everything whole. So what okay? you're saying is natural gas demand has to go up and big league. And big time since because, we have not seen yeah. this many uh, nuclear power plants go down since 2000. See, you right? always talk about all the cogs in the wheel of trying to figure out where the natural gas price is going, where they headed, what's what's it going to do to storage mm-hmm. and drilling. And here's another interesting kink that you've come up with. Now, check this out. For about uh, every 2,000 megawatt hours, okay, or megawatts that actually go down, you usually see about uh, a half billion cubic feet of natural gas that is used as an equivalent to replace. That's exactly uh-huh. that's exactly correct. And so you can you can see that with thirty six thousand megawatts that is getting ready to go down, there is not going to be just a a BCF or two of natural right, gas that is right. utilized. We're talking big time usage. Okay, of what natural is that going to do to prices then? See? Well, okay, here's the thing though. <laughs> oh, this is getting good. The winter has been so anemic. Right. All right. We're now just believe it or not. Next week, uh, the large percentage of the of the eastern half of the U.S., basically everywhere east of the Mississippi River, is getting ready to get hit with some pretty darn cold weather. Winter has arrived, but it's only going to be in a little bit of short spurt. It's going to be kind of a shot. All right. That's kind of late. Huh? It is kind of late, but it looks like it very well may linger on actually into late March. And there's even a potential coming from our friend, the uh, master of meteorology. Oh, that The guy. wizard of yes. weather, Joe Bastardi. You don't get any better than Joe yeah, Bastardi. You really don't. He's talking really? about how... He's America's weatherman. He is. And the thing is, now, the difference between your local meteorologist and Joe Bastardi is local meteorologists... They their their area of expertise is not looking, you know, uh, uh, two or three weeks down the line, a month, two months, six months mm-hmm. down the line to try to figure out what that weather is going to do. They're looking at the next five to seven days. Right. They're looking at what your weather is going to do tomorrow. Okay. Joe Bastardi, his you know his whole shtick is in trying to figure out what weather is going to do next month and this summer, and next fall and next winter and next year. And he just takes it all into consider. I mean, he's even looking at what the sun is doing in order to try to be able to come up with these longer-range forecasts. You know, it's that global view that he has and the climatology side of it all. It's, yeah. There's as many cogs that move the weather as there is certainly is, maybe probably even more, as to what moves these darn oil prices. But when we get back, we'll take a little break. When we get back, we're going to be talking about the E. The IEA, that's the International Energy Agency, it's out of France, okay? 
they think that a deficit of oil is coming to last all the way up into potentially 2020 when we get back right here on Energy Recon. And we're back. Yes, we are. It is the Energy Recon Show. What he's trying to say is it's the Energy Recon right here on Radio Brave. Remember, it's a podcast, too. So all you do is you go to your podcast thingy, the app that you use your favorite, and just subscribe to the Energy Recon. The new show downloads, boom, as soon as it's ready, done, you do nothing. Yeah, you could just sit back, put some popcorn in the microwave. Send no money. Get your wife to do her nails. 90 days, same as cash. <laughs> Wherever you go, there you are. And so, Alan... Let's continue where we left off with uh, what. Okay, so in you got all world? this news out yeah. of this Sarah conference that's coming, that's here in the Houston area. I know. Okay? These big, people are from everywhere. They really are, and they're just coming out of the woodwork. Heavy what is, cats, too. They are. Heavy <laughs> no cats. No doubt. You know, the only problem is, is I'm, I'm sure the OPECers are trying to figure out where are the automatic gold vending machines in Houston? And who ate all they the just don't. They don't have them here like they do everywhere else. That's right. The gold. You just you just go put in your credit card and gold comes out. Gold pops out. They're you in know? every corner store in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You know, the folks, the folks, God love them. You know, the folks that, that are here from uh, Dubai. Yeah. You know, they just they can't understand why everybody else doesn't drive Lamborghinis. Take them to the rodeo. Oh yeah, might as well talk about culture shock. Go here, you go. Try this. <laughs> they go. We do not have this in my country. <laughs> no, you don't. no, you don't. No. I... So okay, uh, kind of getting back on task here. We're talking about um, how this spring we're going to be seeing, gosh, twenty percent of the nation's electricity. That all comes from nuclear power generation. Twenty percent. That's a that's a chunk. Yeah, going to be going offline. The largest amount of nuclear power in twenty years, basically to going, go offline at one time. They're going offline for maintenance and for uh, refueling is basically what the deal is. And so replaced with principally natural gas. That's exactly correct. And mm. so. That's going to be a little bit of a boost for uh, for natural gas prices. Mm-hmm. What else is moving natural gas prices? As a matter of fact, as we speak, natural gas prices just even in the last couple of days up about ten cents. Trading uh, this is for the April natural gas futures contract up about ten cents today. Trading just a hair under two dollars and ninety two cents per mmbtu. Now oil got the proverbial bloop kicked uh, out of it today. Oh yeah, you want to know why? Because it's matter of fact, it's trading down at uh, below fifty one a barrel, fifty dollars and ninety four cents. The reason behind that is, is that you know you got these weekly numbers that be, that come out of the dough every uh-huh. uh, every Wednesday. That would be the Department of Energy. Dough. <sighs> yeah. What they say? Well, uh, crude oil inventories were expected to go up by about two and a half million barrels mm-hmm. this week. They went up by eight point two million barrels. Oh no! Okay, so we got we got plenty of that. Prices down. Thank you. Have a nice day. Um, you know, it, it's just the the thing is, is that these oil inventories continue to increase and increase and increase and increase, mm-hmm. and yet uh, prices are 
kind of staying around they're, the same. They're they're still waffling between about fifty dollars a barrel, then up to about fifty five dollars a barrel. Then they find reason to come right back off again. Um, now, there's two other components to those DOE numbers that come out every Wednesday. You've got the oil inventories, but you've also got gasoline inventories, and you've got distillate uh, uh, inventories. That's, that's my favorite. <laughs> the distillates? Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, I like that. That's, you know, most of that is other related products. Heating oil is also in uh, uh, diesel fuel. You know, wrinkle cream's in there somewhere, don't you think? It probably actually is. I think wrinkle cream is in Um, there somewhere. And so gasoline inventories were down 6.6 million barrels. Hmm. Um, Distillates down 2.7 million. So as where your oil got big time jacked up, uh, your gasoline and distillates actually came off far greater than expected. But because of the fact that these oil inventories literally week after week after week continue to grow 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 i think right now i mean we're we're setting at 528 million barrels right now in storage so if the opecers cut all this production and eh, sort of and we still have that much oil mm-hmm. in storage then and these other u.s producers are not backing off right. because of these higher oil prices they're like Shh. Last February, oil prices were down on a twenty handle, twenty dollar handle, and now we're up at around fifty five. Let's go drill. Let's go drill. Let's get. Some, let's make some money while we can. Let's put some gas in that old truck and mm-hmm. move it to town. So five hundred and twenty eight million barrels currently is what we have in supply on hand in the United States. That is about one hundred and forty six million barrels higher than the five year average. Okay, and it's about 38 million barrels higher than we were this time last year. And last year we were sitting at darn near record highs of oil at that time as well. Well, you know? we don't have an energy crisis. <laughs> Remember the energy crisis? That was, well, we don't want that again. Yeah, we don't like that. But I mean, really, so we've got so much. How are prices ever going to climb? Okay, so we. Do. You Did could, I set that you up? You could not Did have I set that up? a better setup. Hello. So the IEA, mm-hmm. now that's the agency out of France. Now that is the International Energy Agency. But here in the U.S. we have the EIA. That's the intelligentsia. <laughs> yes. Oh, just ask them. They'll the, tell you. The EIA is called, that refers to the Energy Information Administration. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. The other ones are that can smart. get a little confusing because you got to flipping around all these acronyms. Yeah. And, all right. So anyway, basically, what the IEA is saying is that they issued a new report at the Sarah conference. Sure. All right, this week that is looking at oil, the oil market over the next five years, and that basically the agency warned that even though shale drilling is beginning to pick back up in the market, and 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 the market is obviously oversupplied. They think that relentless demand growth is getting ready to soak up all of this excess oil. From what? That is a great question there, Pat. Mm -hmm. They didn't really detail that so much. But I can tell you this, that even um, some of the new job information came out today on Trump. Oh, it was huge. Yeah, yeah. Some of the largest job growth. And I can tell you this, that... Businesses, the optimism, yes. all right, it's palpable, has picked back up mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, 
some of the consumer confidence index numbers are through the roof. Mm-hmm. Businesses in the United States are looking at Trump and going, you know what? We have a chance. We, you're exactly yeah, correct. They're they're chance. going. You know what? There's a business friendly person in the White House yeah. that knows how to create and support businesses, and their optimism is high. Just think how much more he could do, and how fast if there was less obstruction, headwind to deal with and take away time. Uh, from every day yeah dealing with no doubt no doubt so you know there's a limit and you could do more you could do more faster but you're right they think hey we have a business friendly administration that's a start okay so what the e the iea is saying is that they think by their research by the early by as soon as 2020 basically is what they're saying is that the market the global market, not only just in the U.S., but global markets, could actually be short of supply hmm. and will be supportive of a big, huge price spike in oil. Wow. Now, here's something else to consider, too, is that, <clears throat> and I, man, I hate to be the big downer, all right? No, go but, ahead. But, no, no, go ahead. And it's something that we kind of need to get into a little bit. I don't want to get into much at, to this right now. We will probably do this in other shows um, because it, it really deserves more of a longer feature. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate to even say this, on, but there are on. cycles of war that Ooh, occur. Yeah. Okay? Everything is cyclical. Uh, I see what you're and, saying. And, you know, there are many areas of the globe right now that, for example, Japan, with yeah. regards to North Korea. Sure. Okay. They're getting cranky. There over. are aggressions that are occurring all over the place. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> if everything is cyclical, markets are cyclical, the way the planets revolve around the sun are cyclical, War ocean, ocean, it's all of it's cyclical. cyclical. Okay. The thing is, is that we haven't, the figures that we're talking about right here, do not include mm. the geopolitical risk right. of things that may occur in the future as well. Oh, that is okay? a downer. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that these cycles of war, which we will talk about on different shows, I, I follow that as well. Yeah. They're moving up to an area where it looks as if some sort of conflicts are about ready to, to unfold. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Will that come to fruition? That's totally anybody's guess. Right. Okay, but right. it, that is something also to consider. But anyway, uh, the EIEA, sorry about that, basically says that uh, a lot of the cl- cuts to exploration and spending over the last several years um, have and will result in too few barrels coming online over about the next five-year time frame. Mm-hmm. And they say that OPEC is will actually be stretched to its limits, believe it or not, in uh, terms of overall production when demand begins to really take off. And so mm-hmm. you better bet that, uh, that because of the fact that we have been in a multi-year um, period of economic... Um, downside i guess you could say it's cyclical it's cyclical and so when these economies do begin to kind of pick back up so does demand oil prices high oil and higher oil prices are always 
uh, indicative of healthier economies as well. So you're going to have good with the bad with that. Like I tell people, keep an eye on San Antonio Harbor because, you know, it could fill up. <laughs> no doubt. What? All right. So oh, it's the Energy Recon, Energy Reconnaissance Radio, right here on Radio Brave. Well, Alan, it is energy close to the bone. That's what we do right here yes. on Energy Reconnaissance Radio. Right. That's right. Energy Recon is a podcast, too. So remember to subscribe to the podcast. It shows up automatically. You know, and Pat, we're here. We're talking about the potential for not only cold weather, big shot, late winter cold, getting ready to take over about literally about half of the United States next week. May linger on until late March. May linger on until early April. Believe mm-hmm. it or not, that's enough to underpin those uh, those natural gas prices, which, by the way, are back up again, running about uh, just just under three dollars per MBTU right now. Mm-hmm. Then you've got what we talked about in the first segment, all of these nuclear power plants that are getting ready to go down. The most in 17 years are getting ready to go down for maintenance and refueling. Okay, And they're going to have to replace all that supply with natural, natural gas, gas fire generation. Which means, guys, and, and, and here's the thing, there are more and more and more natural gas LNG export facilities that are getting ready to go on. We had the first one that Chenier, by the way, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened, what's been going on with our LNG export facilities here in just a few minutes, because all of a sudden LNG exports over about, uh, I don't know, about the last, um, oh, last week or so, last five days, roughly, have just tanked. It's like, what happened to our LNG exports? I've got your answers on that. Oh, we'll, yeah. be, we'll be see, talking about see, that. Alan, there people don't know that. No. They don't know the answer to that question. Mm-mm. They go, well, the LNG exports are down. Why? Uh, I don't know. They're having crawdads. <laughs> no, it wasn't because of crawdads. So you will tell them. You have well, the real answer. We'll, we'll go over that. Um, but the point that I'm making here is, is that if you own a home, Goodness gracious! And if you if you are on a variable rate for your electricity, which would be I, I would I, that's a totally worst case scenario. Yeah, you don't want to do that. But if your contract is up for renewal, mm-hmm. or or God forbid you are on a variable rate, mm-hmm. you need to get as fast as you can get Hurry over up. to VerdeNow.com. VerdeNow. Com. It's Verde like green. V-E-R-D-E now.com. Principally, this is wind power. It's all renewable energy. That's right. 100%. It, it's 100% renewable power. Now, they've got two different types of rate plans. You're not going to go on this website and all of a sudden you've got 16 different rate plans that are all convoluted and you don't know what you got to pick. Nope, nope, nope. Here's what you pick. All right. You got, we've got two. One is is what's called their half-price nights and weekends plan. Now, if you are in a working household where everybody is predominantly gone during the daytime, you are off to work, your spouse is off to work, uh, kids are off at school during the day, nobody is at home, all right? That's the plan that you may want to consider because... You want half price nights and weekends because that's when you're home. You're going to get a break, believe it or not. Um, Big break. A meaty, nice meaty break. 4.9 cents per kilowatt hour. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. 4.9? 4.9 cents per kilowatt hour. um, When you're home, nights and weekends. On that half price nights and weekends. Now, 
uh, so overnight, okay, during the evening and overnight, you get 4.9 cents. Now, guess what? What? Most people are generally home on Saturdays and Sundays, right? That's when you can turn it down to 65. Guess what? You get that same (laughs) 4.9 cents all Saturday and Sunday. 24-7. Now, there is a higher rate that, that occurs during the daytime. But if you've got but everything it's not turned that off, high. it's well. I mean, you know, if you've got everything turned off and there's nobody there, That's what right. difference does it make? Party on, girl! <laughs> now, if you uh, do, or, or if you're in a household that the people are home, you are the day. home, and you've got yeah. people coming and going, then you don't want the half price nights and weekends. You just go for the standard low fixed rate plan. Exactly, five point two five cents per kilowatt hour. It's all at verdaynow.com. Check it out. You will be glad you did. Sign, and oh, sign up is so easy. Two years, probably, at least, uh, or no, three. No, I would know. At this point? At this point. Go okay, we have been in a six-and-a-half-year bear market for natural gas. Guys, that market is about over with. Okay? And remember, natural gas is what drives the, cro- the cost, principally, of electricity in texas so anywhere else this is wind from 2001 all the way to the start of 2009 natural gas prices that set your electricity bill averaged over seven dollars per mmbtu right now but and then you had this huge Mm -hmm. influx of natural gas fracking that occurred all right and that hit the market with all kinds of supply Interest rates fell down to literally zero. Zero. Oil producers, natural gas producers, took total advantage of that essentially free money and went out there, got themselves up to debt well above what they could really even, you know, up to their eyeballs. And guess what? New natural gas infrastructure all over the United States. But then two years ago, it all came to a head. Okay. Because the prices fell. Prices collapsed. Too much supply. They painted themselves into a corner. They had the bankruptcies all over the place started occurring. And guess what? That natural gas supply, all of those those uh, 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 new initiatives to go out there and drill and frack just collapsed Mm. like an anvil being pushed off the edge of a cliff. That's exactly what happened. Well, that was a spring recall. I know, was but the wrong um, one. but Here. yeah, there that's that's even oh, better. Done, fell down. <laughs> oh, that's why. Yeah, well, gotta, anyway, you got to use your imagination on this show you, too. I you mean, know, you really do. But it, at the end of the day, if okay. you want to have nice, cool, consistent electricity at really low prices at your mama's house, that's what I like about you, Pat. Just all this extraneous information. I'm flying all over here yeah, like a hurricane. Just, you're just you're, you're going to take it all right back to where it needs to be, and it is. needs to be at VerdeNow.com. So there you go. So yeah. what else is going on now? Well, what else is going on? Oh, them damn Russians. Well, here okay. we go again. Uh, Russia's energy minister, Alexander Nokov. Mm-hmm. Where do you think Old he is? Old man Mokov's kid. <laughs> that's who he is. <laughs> Old man Mokov's kid. That, that's the guy. Check him out. Uh, he basically said that Russian oil production uh, will drop by about 300,000 uh, barrels per day by late April. As they comply with this whole OPEC cut deal, okay, 
which mm-hmm. is pretty amazing because that's, apparently they pledged to reduce their their oh. output and they they did it. They can't afford to do that. Oh, no, they really cannot they afford can. to do it. But the, you know they had to go in. <laughs> but you got to remember, it's the uh, the. IW Mark's half price it diamond is the sale. Spring half price sale, folks. Yeah. We're just gonna double the prices and then hey, it's yeah. half price. What you do is is you go and you fictitiously say that uh our production is at X level before the big cut, quote unquote wink, cut wink. wink happens. All right. So that when you actually do finally cut <laughs> It doesn't make that big of a difference. And then on the other side of that, you know, there's no cut been announced here in the United States. So while everybody is focusing on this whole, you know, OPEC cut, which believe it or not, they actually have been following. Yeah, they cut something. They did. But But nobody cares. But we've been jacking it up here over in the United States. So net, net, what do you get? Well, you get affordable oil prices of Mm -hmm. very affordable natural gas prices. And gasoline prices have been pretty decent as well prices have been good you know i've been seeing them kind of fluctuate just around two dollars a gallon at the pump what would make that change um there's a big question what would make gasoline prices go north um you refinery fires um some catastrophic some sort of wet big weather event you know Mm -hmm. those types of deals where you have refineries going offline because um, normal market conditions we actu- right now. We are- actually import fuel into the United States as well, not just oil. So some sort of geopolitical situation going Gasol- on. Refined gas. Absolutely. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, oil majors. You mean we import it from Louisiana? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm, uh, that's great. I'm you know, sorry. Louisiana kind of is own, its own country. Well, it is its own country. I mean, that's they kind of they kind of got their own language it's over there. So fun. And their culture is is really quite different. Oh, and, yeah. and I love Louisiana. I love it. it. It's a great place. I'm going. I, me too. All right. All right so anyway, um, the oil majors. Apparently, are wanting to boost their growth. Um, looking like the largest oil companies in the world are planning on ramping up their production over the next five years. After basically three years of contraction, okay. Mm. Who who are we talking about? We're talking about Exxon Mobil, Royal Dutch Shell, Chevron, BP, Total. Now, here in the United States, couldn't we just call them total? Because oh. it's spelled total, yeah, but but right. we but we're forced into saying total. Um, Statoil and Eni, that's uh, those guys are from Italy or Audi. <laughs> There's you, you pick one. Yeah, basically one what or they, the other, they're folks. saying that they're going to boot. They're all all together are going to uh, grow output by a combined fifteen percent by twenty twenty one. Okay, part of this. Big announcement straight out of the Sierra Week conference going on. Exxon says it plans on spending $20 billion with a B in primarily Gulf of Mexico related projects. Refining? It is going to be refining, petrochemical plants, oil projects out in the Gulf of Mexico as well. Um, the amount of jobs created. And between the Texas and Louisiana area is going to go through the roof. Now, these are sort of temporary-ish sort of jobs. They're not going to be, you know, something that you could be at for years and years, but, uh, or, you know, 10 years, 20 years. Well, that's the years. construction business. I mean, all construction is temporary. Uh, you're exactly right. See, and Absolutely. that's what people miss. All construction. Because once you construct it, 
then you're done. You can yeah. move on to another one. So we're going to take another little break when we get back here in just a minute. We're going to talk about what happened, because a lot of this is obviously based in the Gulf of Mexico, mm-hmm. okay? Let's talk a little bit about Gulf of Mexico. Why focus on Gulf of Mexico offshore production when there's when it's so much more advantageous to do fracking onshore? Yeah, why do they We'll do talk that? about all of that when we get back here on Energy Recon Radio. Well, like they say, wax on, wax off. Exactly. That's how it works here on the Energy Recon Energy Reconnaissance Radio, live from the energy capital of the world, Houston, Texas. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh I can smell the tamales now. So that's how we do it here, folks. And uh, But then we really talk about some important stuff. For example, mm-hmm. we get down into the nitty-gritty of it go all. Ahead. Go ahead, give them, give them some. Argentina yeah. shale talk drops by half. What? I, I, yeah, actually, we, we will talk a little bit about more about shale here coming up. But the first thing I want to talk about straight out of the chute is this $20 billion that Exxon is, says it's committing. Um, said I mean, They're at the Exxon at the Sarah Week, obviously. Exxon, largest oil company in the world. Yeah. So when they get up to speak, you know, what was that old, old E.F. Hutton commercial from the 70s everybody listens yeah yes. when exxon speaks everybody listens well That's exactly they're right. they are the honey badger of the oil industry <laughs> no right? doubt about that so. absolutely so apparently their new ceo exxon mobile ceo darren woods old, Dar- old man woods kid <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he was up there just jawboning about what all the money that they're gonna spend. I wonder if he had his Texas boots on I, oh, I, sure. I hope he did well, depending on where he's where he is he wouldn't be wearing them in certain parts of the country. he'd wear them in other parts of the country that's yeah. how they work it's very political yeah you know um old Rex Tillerson he would have been the type that, that Rex uh, would do anything he, yeah he would he would wear his boots at uh, at the Sierra conference I'm sure that's right okay so anyway what's the deal okay so what is ExxonMobil going to spend 20 billion dollars on well they're saying they're going to be spending it on refineries petrochemical plants um, as well as other oil and gas related projects out in the Gulf of Mexico now let's kind of pick this apart for just a second because and and we have to do got to get in our little history uh, time machine. Oh, that uh, oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay, boop. Is that I, a, that's that, the funniest time? I, machine that is kind I've of an interesting little seen. time machine that we got there. But going back to two thousand five. <laughs> Here we are in 2005. We landed a little hard just then, but that's yeah. okay. Yep. Because um, what was really significant about 2005? <laughs> I put you on the spot. Oh, well. Uh, okay, I'll remind you. Uh-huh. 28 freaking named storms, record high tropical season during 2005. Oh, Katrina, Rita, Rita. and uh-huh. 26 others. All right. We learned how to make the Katrina Rita we, at our house. That's right. The, Remember the that? Katrina Rita. That was Stormy a, little cocktail. That was back during the FM News Channel FM days. News Channel. Yeah, with Brian Shannon and yeah, Jim, Pruitt. Jim Pruitt and Lori Kendrick and Martha Martinez and yeah. Craig Roberts and all those people. I remember Craig came up and brought his shotgun to work one day, and I thought, and uh, 
Brian brought a fifth of Johnny Walker, but that's because we were doing hurricane coverage, and you never knew when you'd be cut off. You know, one of so. uh, one one of the funniest things ever, and this is diverging, but we'll come back on to um, uh, uh, the Exxon Mobil thing. So we're talking about 2005, and this is all this all believe it or not, it does all, tie together. It, dove, it dovetails in. But uh, what was Don learned with the laugh? Spot the left stop. Stop. Yes. Okay. So around, uh, you know, of course, we everybody in the Houston, Texas area had just seen the horror of Hurricane Katrina and what it had done mm. to New Orleans, right? What a mess. And so now you've got Hurricane Rita, which mm-hmm. looks like it's getting ready to make a beeline straight toward the Houston area, and it is at least a her like a cat three or four at this point. Coming right up the ship channel. Exactly. And so that's when you had those horrible lines of cars mm. that all everybody got stuck out on those freeways. Trying to trying. get out of town and couldn't. <laughs> but I thought it was absolutely hilarious that at a certain point Don Learned with the laugh spot um, was still doing a live promotion for his club that oh, yeah. night. That's right. Come on down to the last stop. <laughs> he was like, you know, rain or shine. Right, right after you get finished cowering underneath your your sofa, you know, yeah. furniture. Come on out to the last. It was it was just so funny because you you had this dire, you know, right twenty four seven coverage of this storm that's getting ready to waylay Houston, and then it comes on with. You know, forget all that. Come, come over to the laugh stop and have a have a hoot with us. That what? was that was hilarious. How about next week? Yeah. So okay. Anyway, back on task. So here. twenty billion dollars from Exxon going to spend okay. along the Gulf. Two thousand five. All right. We had all of those name storms. Um, all of that activity out in the Gulf of Mexico knocked out, literally just decimated mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> uh, offshore infrastructure. Uh, to the tune of many, many hundreds of uh, of offshore oil rigs, okay? Um, just a year before, you had, um, in 2004, you had a very large hurricane that came into the Gulf of Mexico. It was called Ivan, called hmm. Crazy Ivan, yeah. all right? That particular storm, by the way, um, was forecast by Joe Bastardi, and people literally, this is Chief Meteorologist Joe Bastardi with Weatherbell, weatherbell.com. They thought, and even I thought at that time period too, I thought, Joe, you're, you're, you're crazy. Why are you making this forecast? This is the craziest forecast I've ever seen. You're you know, taking drugs over there? What's the deal? You know. Mm-hmm. Here's what he said. He said that Hurricane Ivan was going to make landfall as about a Cat 3, Cat 4 hurricane somewhere uh, along the Mississippi to Florida coastline. Mm-hmm. It was going to run up the uh, sort of the east coast, southeast coast there. It was going to make a right turn out into the Atlantic. Like a hook. And then it was going to then go south, back across, back over Florida, and re-enter the Gulf of Mexico as another hurricane. Right. Okay. <laughs> Every, uh, Pat, I remember this. And that's a, what it did. It was a Friday, and everybody was going, he's off his rocker. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what that storm did. It was exactly. absolutely amazing. Okay, so you now that storm took out a major natural gas pipeline. I mean, gone mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. One storm took out the southern natural pipeline. Big, huge natural gas pipeline during that time period. Here comes 2005. Huge amount of storms. Most record amount of named storms, period. All right? Takes out mass major vast majority of 
of Gulf of Mexico oil and natural gas platforms. Then you have a little bit of a lull in the season up until 2008. That's when we had uh, Hurricane Ike, obviously. Then right after Hurricane Ike, that's the big storm that Cat 4 that hit Houston. And Galveston. Galveston. Um, Then big shutdown. We have not had any major storms. Since Ike? Since Ike. Really? um, That have have impacted uh, any sort of, of, you know, um, infrastructure infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. All right. So for nine years now. Oh, uh uh-oh. Okay. So what else happened in 2008? that was very significant because the the oil and gas industry was still reeling from the loss of all of this gulf of mexico infrastructure okay in 05 mm-hmm. well and into 06 and such okay right. because you got to remember you know that the hurricane season really wrapped up toward the end of 2005 mm-hmm. okay so now you're really into 2006 and they're shell-shocked because all their infrastructure is gone mm-hmm. you had fracking that came online right okay that changed that was a shift in the paradigm truly Mm -hmm. of the way initially natural gas was being produced then oil why would you want to uh, go and spend billions of dollars out in the gulf of mexico on projects that have enormously long lead times Mm, right Huge cost. The lead times for Gulf of Mexico projects, especially in deep water related type situations, mm-hmm. it's years. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. multiple years, too. You know, if you're fracking for, for oil and natural gas on land, there is no lead time. You go out there and move your rig on and you frack and you're done and you got production. You right. got to tie it in, but you're done, you know? Mm-hmm. So why would Exxon want to go out and do this? Well, deep, deep water, deep water, and spend you know huge amounts of money. Why is that? Well, because there's an awful lot of supply that is out in the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. The technology since that 2005, six, seven time period, and being able to build rigs that can that can truly mitigate the mm-hmm. effects of really large hurricanes. The technology is through the roof. Really? Okay. And this is U.S. technology, and, remember? Yes, and who's in the White House now? Oh, uh-huh. Gulf Energy of Mexico, friendly. after the whole Deepwater Horizon accident, accident the Macondo well that, mm-hmm. that spilled out into the Gulf of Mexico in 2010, you know, the Obama administration basically shut down the amount of activity uh, and, and new E&P-related projects that, that people wanted to go into the Gulf of Mexico and do. And so, you know, here we are now seeing the Trump administration, the EPA, um, are all kind of working together now and have basically said, we're going to go ahead and reopen areas of the Gulf of Mexico that have been kind of closed and then sort of off limits. So Exxon's gone, we're going. We're going to go. We're going to go out there and take, it, take advantage of, of this. Isn't okay. And so, yeah, you've, you've got an awful lot of incentives uh, you know, and they're gonna. I'm sure they're gonna probably partner with some some other 
entities out there that have expertise and other, you know, and they usually do. ExxonMobil and and uh, any and and probably Conoco, uh, they'll they'll usually partner on on those types of projects. You know, we ought to have a guest on Alan to talk about the advance in technology. Absolutely, from the two thousand five seven time period to today. When in OT- offshore drilling, you know, when OTC is in town, we yeah. will we will do that. We'll get some heavy cats on. Oh, here. we love heavy cats. Heavy cats. All right, so um, we're gonna when take. When we get back, yeah. When we take, uh, when we get take a little break. Uh, when we get back, we're gonna talk a little bit about shale. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, Argentina shale's uh, cost dropping, and also what in the world is going on with this kind of fall off in LNG exports. Where do we think all that's going? And what about this sand like crisis? We, that, I want to hear more. About that dovetails that. with that as well. Well, when we get back here on Energy Recon Radio. Ah, yes, it's the Energy Recon Radio Show right here on RadioBrave.com. Honey, start the grill. I'll be home soon. (laughs) That's right. Got to get them ribs ready. Get the ribs ready. All right, so it's the Energy Recon. Remember, we are a podcast as well, so subscribe to that podcast. The show drops in automatically to your machine. So it's rodeo time here in the Houston area. Yeehaw. You ever go out to any of those cook-offs? Not in 20 years. Really? Well, yes, I have. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, here's where you don't want to be. Oh, okay. Places that you don't want to be during rodeo time. When the barbecue cook-off closes for the evening. Ah. They it's see. like, okay, folks, it's 10, 11 o'clock, whatever, and we're going to go ahead and shut it down, and all you drunks have to leave. And 25,000 people make a mass exodus out of the same parking lot. 125,000 people that have been drinking since dawn, eating rattlesnakes since noon, all... <laughs> They open the gates and they go, okay, bye. So they all are out on the freeway. Yeah. It's horrible. I bet it is. No, it's horrible. That's a place you don't want to be. Yeah. So leave early is what you're saying. And often. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's you, right. You know, I haven't been to a cook off out there in years as well. I would actually. It's really fun. Yeah, I actually want to go out there that's and really you know, fun. kind of check it out. I mean, the weather is always just dreadful, except for this year when it was like glorious yeah. because we had no winter. Yeah, that's that's know? exactly right. But it's, it's we still got some coming. According well, to we have starting. a little bit. And yeah. even in Texas, uh, South yeah, Gulf, no. not so much. I think our winter is over here, yeah. believe it or not. We yeah. may get one little more cold little spurt. But uh, for the most part, I've been looking at these longer range forecast maps, and uh, now nah, Texas is Texas yeah. is going to be fairly warm. It's going to be yeah. fairly warm. Going to be really and it's going to be and it's going to be a freaking warm summer, warmer than normal summertime. As a matter of fact, for all of the Lone Star State, wow. really for most of the South and the Southeast portions of the United States, the onset of this El Nino and some of the stuff that uh, the folks over at Weatherbell Analytics have been working on are showing yeah yeah we got a hot summer coming to texas you better get you some of that wind power renewable energy cheap electricity cheap over electricity. at verdenow.com that's all i want to say not kidding around just yeah. verdenow.com think about electricity for your home that comes from the wind and do it now before these prices start before jacking up prices go crazy they're gonna they're gonna jack up cost of winds going up alan <laughs> you know what was, yeah, uh, did you see well Here's my favorite billboard of all time. Mm-hmm. Sleep free for a year. 
Okay. It was, I think, a mattress company, and they had free interest if you buy a mattress. So somebody goes, sleep free for a year. You know what I saw an advertisement for? I I thought it was actually really hilarious. Um, And I'm surprised that Mattress Mac in Houston area hasn't thought about this yet. It's the funniest thing. Uh, Apparently, uh, somebody has come up with a mattress that um, the fabric on this mattress has been somehow infused with pheromones that uh, lift a woman's libido. Oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> you mean not not beer? Not that's different than beer. It's just built into I, the. I don't fabric. know. How do you even do that? I mean, you know, you just rub. Well, your that's own. technology, Alan. You know, that's why we send the kids to college. Come up with a mattress that has built-in <laughs> that makes a woman horny. Built-in. I'm. She goes. I'm interested. And it comes from the mattress? Doesn't say much about me. That's but, a, that is a brilliant way of trying to sell mattresses, though. Goodness gracious. Man, I How want about that, that job. Get that. I'll, I'll we, be the tester. We need, we, <laughs> the tester. we need to come up with a pillow version of that. That's right. <laughs> All right, shut this down. All we right. go hey, work. did you know that China is deploying... Deploy, China is getting over. ready to deploy the largest oil platform in the world. Really? It's called the Blue Whale One. And it's actually heading into operation. It cost this platform cost nearly one billion dollars to build and is as tall as a thirty seven story building. Mm. So it can be out in the South China Sea. Looking, oh, of course it looking is. for Earl out there. I wonder if it's got something else loaded on it. It's got oh, it's just a drilling platform. Yeah, it's only in the South China Sea. Yeah, South China Sea, thirty-seven stories tall. Nothing to notice here. No, no problem. Isn't that right? Where the uh, Japanese would be interested? Very, in, very could what well, could be. And yeah. you know, you can you can tote it around too. It doesn't you know, have to remain in one spot. Well, here's the thing. In today's world, I bet it a has its own website. <laughs> B, it has its own YouTube channel. Yeah, very well. Surely you could go to YouTube. I want to see them haul it out there. How do you haul a 37-story building somewhere? Well, I'll bet Very carefully. I bet they jack it up once it gets out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very well could be. All right, so Argentina, the folks from Argentina have been... uh, They're at the Sierra Week as well, and uh, the conference here in Houston. And basically, they have their own state-run, okay, uh, oil oil, co- oil company called YPF. And basically, they're saying that drilling in Argentina's shale is getting actually far more cost-effective. Um, their CEO Miguel Gutierrez um, said that uh, horizontal dr- horizontal drilling costs have declined by literally half for them. Falling from about seventeen million dollars per well to only eight million dollars per well, this is still above U.S. shale drilling costs, by the way. Um, but nevertheless, they're saying that their break-even costs have actually for oil have actually dipped below about forty dollars per barrel, um, making Argentina actually one of the most attractive places for shale drilling outside of North America. So, how about that? Is that Argentina? Tina technology different than U.S. technology, or is it imported Very technology? Very good question. It's imported technology, mm-hmm. okay? Most of the countries out there that do have um, and have the ability to exploit some of their own resources, 
don't have the wherewithal and the expertise to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, they're recruiting from the United States for people who have that expertise and they're they're putting it in place. But just like with uh, with you know some of the other well, Gulf of Mexico projects, a lot of that does have a lot of lead time involved. And it's not; a, it's definitely not the overnight type of situation. You know, there's there's two three years of, of lead time involved for for a lot of those you know. We could go down there and do some better radio stations for the folks in Argentina. No doubt about like that. Like better music and and entertain the people that are there. Uh, like put up a a whole like sort of Texas Disneyland for I love for it. all the people yeah. in Argentina that have been imported to go down there and mm-hmm. work on the oil business. What if they miss home? We could have the rattlesnake ride down there. Okay, well let's 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 get back to this part in here. You want to talk about this? Oh, let's talk about sand that's used I for fracking. I want to hear about that. Thing. You okay. said there's a sand shortage. There, believe it or not, in fracking. Uh, okay, so demand for frac sand is soaring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, All right. Go wherever it's going. Go ahead. <laughs> the amount of sand used basically per foot for well depths um, is, is up 50% from two, uh, in 2016 compared to 2014. Now, remember the years I'm talking about here. Okay. we're Now we're in 2017, but... Compared to 2014 time period, it yep. has jacked up higher. Remember the years. This is key to where I'm going with okay. this. The need for sand. Yes. And I know where there's a lot. Where? Uh, Monahans? Monahans, Texas. <laughs> there's nothing but sand. We, could, we should go out there and contract a bunch of sand. You know? Well, we, we'll, we'll supply you with all the sand you need. <laughs> That's right. Um, but, but here's... All right. So you want to know how sand is used in fracking? Yep. Okay. Uh, so basically it is used as a, what is called a proponent. Okay. Where when they're doing it's, it goes into kind of this chemical brew that gets injected basically down into the well. And, uh, and so it actually holds open, um, uh, the sand holds open when it's injected down, holds open the frack so that the fracking mechanisms and perforating guns can actually increase the amount of perforations that are in, uh, happening within the shale rock. Okay. 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 <clears throat> so it's it's a big component yeah. of the whole fracking process. We need some sand up in here. Well, okay. So we have heard from the stuff that we've been talking about on this show and even today and even some of the previous shows that... Prices are high enough on the oil side, not necessarily on the natural gas side mm-hmm. yet, yeah. but on the oil side. But here's the thing. You have associated natural gas production that comes from oil. But but here's here. Why is there a shortage of sand? Why is there okay, a shortage Because of sand? back in 2014, when oil and natural gas prices collapsed. Right. And all of these oil field service providers were truly laying off by the hundreds of thousands in the industry in general by even millions. Mm-hmm. The oil and gas business went out of business. That included the sand producers, okay? Because why do you have to produce sand for more and more natural gas uh, fracking and well uh, operations going on when there is no 
operations going on because the rig count has collapsed down to nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So now that rig is rigs are starting to kind of pick back up, energy prices are starting to pick back up again. They need that sand, but the personnel is not available yet. The sand producers have not basically moved in line and gotten themselves ready for the uptick in the amount of of, of, of rigs that are going out. Go. We need to hire some more sand cats over yeah, here. Yeah, get your sand people back out get here your again. Sand people back. Well, isn't it more of a, a process of sand? It's like we need to. We don't need to make sand. We just need to move some sand. But if you don't got the people to do it, you don't got the people to do it. So, folks, there you go. That's I'll tell you this. You don't get this information just everywhere. It's the radio uh, version of. The Energy Recon. That's exactly right. VerdeNow.com. Go get you some electricity. Very deeply down it, discounted, 100% renewable power. At for your home. VerdeNow. Yeah, V-E-R-D-E now.com. That's a bit about it for today. We will see you next time. On the Energy Recon, Energy Reconnaissance Radio, right here on Radio Brave. See ya. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.